Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back. Another episode of the Heavy Boys podcast. This one just so happens to be episode nine. We're sitting here on a lovely Thursday afternoon. It is currently the 28th of January. Now, we were going to talk about our banging album from Celestial Swarm, but we've decided to kind of hold off on that one for not the next pod, but the one after when we do talk about Wolf King. Um, we're going to have a big one ahead. This is our This Means Core episode. Uh, you can thank beautiful Brody for the name of that one. He's been holding on to that one for a while, I know. Uh, it's, it's like my prized possession at the moment <laughs> in terms of podcast names, to be fucking honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we mentioned last episode that kind of like we want to talk about the golden days for us in terms of metalcore. Um, obviously, kind of where we both began to find our feet in the heavy music scene, um, talk about some albums that kind of really defined those times for us. And then, yeah, just kind of just wanked them off a little bit for a whole podcast, we thought. I'm happy to wank anything off at the moment. <laughs> so how you been, man? What have you been up to this week? Um, a whole lot of fuck all. Yeah. Um, as you understand, a lot of personal things have happened um, for me in the last couple of weeks. So it's just been um, trying to wrap my head around that and trying to get a lot of things on track. Um. But besides that, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I, I think I'm in a pretty comfortable headspace at the moment until something else happens. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty fucking good. We've had a good week. Yeah, you went and had some dumplings? Oh, my God. Fuck, dude. That was probably one of the greatest days of my life this year I think, already. I can't remember because uh, I went there again. I'm not sure if it was like a day or two after you went. But, yeah, I love that place. Oh, my God. It, it just makes me like so happy that i'm back and i'm so close to it i didn't realize mm-hmm. it was right next to the cinemas i thought yeah. it would have been somewhere else not literally so, next door bro that's so fucking good i can literally get straight off the bus go straight there straight <laughs> yeah. back on the bus fucking back home. Mm-hmm. so good yeah then, I, um, I fucking demolished like 20 uh, 30 fucking dumplings it's so good, one hey. soup. yeah oh, bro i ate so much just go over with a couple of people and you just order so many plates and just kind of pick and go as you go I spent about a hundred bucks that day just at dumplings. <laughs> They're so good though. They're so fresh yeah. as well. Yeah, come out so fucking mm-hmm. quick. Although I, I am still hard on the pan fried dumplings. Yeah, no, I'll agree to disagree with you. I do prefer the boiled ones. See, the boiled ones are good, but they don't hold that. But that you can, juice. yeah, you can ruin a pan fried one so quickly though. You they be, didn't fuck nah. them at all, but you know. Like the feel, first time I we went, like, I think we went like half and half boiled and fried. And then when I mm. took Lana there, I think we just got double boiled. Yeah, that's what I did. I went I went um, half and half and then I got an extra plate of pan fried because I was just like, fuck me dead. <laughs> this was so good. Um, but I don't understand why they're going to put coriander and everything. That's fucked. Uh, it's just a thing at the moment, I think. Yeah, fucking bastards. But how about you, mate? What's been going on? Uh, not a whole lot, really. It's a bit same old as work. Saw your dog fucking shoot up your house. Oh man, <laughs> she fucking got upstairs <laughs> and went and shoot on like the cat's pole, just the corner of it. But it just made such a mess for some reason. And fuck, what else did she chew? Oh, she kicked cat litter everywhere. <laughs> for fuck's sake. 
<sighs> no, we went, we went for sushi train last night though. Um, it's probably my favorite one at like the Petunia shops. Um, my new favorite one's like the chicken nigiri, but it's got a little bit of pesto on top as well. Oh, tastes pesto. so good. Yeah. Just a little Japanese. Warm. Yeah. So Damn. good. And Alana Petunia. got this. Um, yeah. Sorry, like, you know, is that where the hospital is? Yeah. Like right opposite oh, that, that, the Audi and that. Oh, perfect. Alana got this. Um, it was like the Karage Volcano, they called it. It was like six pieces of sushi on the bottom of just like a normal chicken katsu sushi. And then just oh. Karage chicken just literally piled on top like a volcano. And then they drizzle cheese over it and then smack it with the blow torches. It was incredible. The best Karage I've had ever. It was so fresh. What the fuck? I think the plate's like $14. Oh, that's only $14? Yeah, man. These guys are so good. Get fucked. So okay. fresh. Oh my god! So I had, I think uh, I had like five plates of sushi, and then just picked off some of hers as well. Dude, I reckon I could fucking live anywhere mm-hmm. in Asia. That mm-hmm. food is so good. Oh, like, I love mo- it. Probably, probably mostly Japan mm-hmm. and anywhere else, but I think most Asian food is just fucking yeah. sick. I spent two days in China on the way to Germany, and oh, the food, man! It just tastes so real and fresh and like it's so brothy and it was cold there as well and just made it so much better yes fuck my entire life don't rub it in <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah so i think i think we make a move on yes absolutely um where do we begin oh man i want to say like i didn't i think you got into metal a little bit earlier than i did maybe one or two years because we weren't friends at this point i was in grade eight so that would have made me how old? Would have been turning 13. Yeah, 12 turning 13 is when I kind of began to gather my feet there. Like obviously growing up, Linkin Park, Metallica was always on. Mm. And it wasn't until this time I had a friend show me a Before I Forget by Slipknot. And that just changed my world. Yep. Um, and then kind of there it was like, YouTubing while I was at school because we didn't have any fucking Wi-Fi at home because of the area we lived in. Couldn't get it yet. Um, but yeah, I came across some wicked albums. Um, ones we'll get into a bit later because we kind of want to do this in kind of where the albums came out almost rather than where we were, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how you explained it to me. Cool. So the first one I want to talk about is not the first album I heard from these guys. Um, this is Trivium. So the first kind of stuff I heard from them was off Ascendancy. Um, I had a couple of singles on my phone and it wasn't until a couple of years later that I kind of went back into the catalog and deep dive and I came across Shogun, which I think we both agreed after the pod last week is our favorite Trivium record. Yeah, it, it, it probably is like second for me. Yeah, um, in Waves. Oh, yes. But um, going back and listening to Shogun earlier on, well, it was actually like this week. I forgot how fucking good that album mm-hmm. was. I would almost say it's a masterclass and not even metalcore, but progressive metal. Yeah, it's so technical at times, but so fucking heavy at others. And it's storytelling is immaculate. Um, oh, Hayfi. Hayfi. <laughs> in his fucking prime yeah. too you know mm-hmm. and i forget how young he was like i mean dude. like obviously i know how young he was when he started the band now yeah. but like fuck me at dead, the time dude. Mm-hmm. 
oh, for the amount of talent that motherfucker has, it's such a, and he's still got so much left to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still to this nine day, nine albums in, and he's like in his thirties. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's still to this day he's like the youngest member of Trivium. Yeah, and he's the front man. Like yeah. that still blows my <laughs> fucking mind, dude. Like fucking wow. Yeah, I think when I first came across it, it took a little bit to get around as well because I hadn't heard anything so technical yet. It was just chugs and breakdowns sort of thing and a little melodic singing here and there. And then I got to this, like, oh, there's so much in the album as well. They, like, obviously draw a lot of their Metallica influence at times, um, obviously being pretty much, I think, all of their favorite band. Yeah. Oh, the and you can tell the influences yeah. have come straight from that that thrash era as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, it was the Crusade that come out directly before Shogun, right? Yeah. Or was it after? Yeah, no, see, Crusade right that before. album, yeah, yes. And so Crusade was obviously that thrash metal album mm-hmm. they always wanted to make. And um, I mean, we can kind of agree that it's not their strongest album by any stretch. Yeah. But um, in terms of where they sit, at that time, definitely an evolution of where they started, mm-hmm. especially coming from Ember to Inferno, Ascendancy, yep. The Crusade. Like, fucking this. Christ. To come back with Shogun, dude, mm. my Lord. It's almost one of the biggest return to forms for any band yep. um, ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, the original album is 11 tracks long and it clocks in it seven, an hour and seven minutes. So it's a fucking big boy, eh? It is. I mean, it kind of took me a bit like even after hearing it the first time, it wasn't until a few years later that I could really appreciate some of the um not like the huge names, obviously you have down from the sky and throws of perdition, but like coming in later, like the calamity, he who spawned the furies, basically the last few tracks on that, um, of Prometheus and the Crucifix, and obviously like Callisto to a star in heaven huge songs like they progress so much throughout them going from thrash into prog and then there's a solo oh man i would also argue if it wasn't for that album like um what 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 year was it where um uh into the mouth of hell we march was actually featured on a fucking madden game yeah and i don't remember so this album's 2008 so it'd be eight nine sort of time and like for that song to make it into such a massive yeah. name game yeah especially Just, a sporting it still franchise blows me away today mm-hmm. because i wouldn't associate heavy metal with any sport really because i mean yeah. especially back you... in the day maybe because it was a yeah. rock was a little bit more mm-hmm. um mainstream in the radio still you know like it was in the mainstream people were still listening to it but yeah you're still getting those bands headlined the festivals but yeah you weren't getting that fucking song Oh, I know dude, the NHL incredible. games have been pretty good in the past for having metal and hard rock in their soundtracks, but nothing like mm. Madden or NBA or FIFA. So like huge kudos to them. And obviously they went on to give um, God of War, my favorite song of theirs in Shattering the Skies. Oh, so, dude. You know, like they've, they've copped yeah. all the criticism and all the praise I think any band can receive from day dot. But I think it's um pretty funny how people still kind of uh, shit can these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it's because of 
um, their their brand of music. I know I kind of fell off them, or have fallen off them again now. Um, the music that they're putting out just isn't anywhere as good as what I would like it to be as a bit of a fan of them. However, um, going back to the old stuff, going back to the glory days of such a formative mm-hmm. band in terms of what shaped my musical taste, um, especially Shogun. If it wasn't for Shogun, I probably never would have started listening to more progressive mm-hmm. metal because after Shogun, it was Between the Buried and Me. It was fucking um, Opeth. It was fucking Tool. You know, all these sorts of bands and yeah, probably some of the more mainstream ones. But at the end of the fucking day, I never would have gone deeper into that hole if it wasn't for Shogun. Mm -hmm. I think I'm exactly the same as well. It just took me a little bit longer to get around that other stuff. Like like I said, it took me a bit to even come back to this album and appreciate it in full. Because for a while there, like all I'd really play was Down From The Sky, Into The Mouth and then Throws. Yeah, the Um, biggest songs. Yeah. Because I think I was just a bit young, I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, these these longer tracks, these bigger tracks with so much going on. Yeah, and I, I totally see where you're coming from. But it also, again, like you mentioned, I mean, I think I, like, I'm pretty sure I did start my metal um, walkthrough a lot sooner than you. Mm-hmm. I think I, I remember hearing, um, before I forget, when I was, that was like the first metal song I had heard. And then it was um, 10,000 fists down mm-hmm. with the sickness. Like that new metal shit was what got me into metal. And then from there, it was honestly just Trivium and whatever else. Cause I think like you, the first thing I heard was the ascent was ascendancy. Mm-hmm. And that fucking album blew me away. Yeah. But um, would definitely argue that this has got to be some of the best material that Trivium have ever released and um, probably one of my favorite albums to come from that era, era of metalcore music. Yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. And those songs all still hold up today. The singles, 100%, man. Um, and I actually totally forgot they did it, the, the um, Iron Maiden cover until I put the deluxe. <laughs> yeah, and the deluxe is on. Yep. Oh, which uh, adds another thirteen bro. minutes to it, so you get three more tracks. Man, holy fuck! I, I really like poison the knife the and the noose, or the noose is sick as well. Oh man, I forgot how good Trivium were at, like mm. doing covers as well. Because then I went back and I forgot they did um, Creeping Death. Creeping Death. They did uh, Losing My Religion. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? They covered another song um, around the same time as Vengeance Falls. I can't remember what the fuck it was, but it, another incredible cover. Like they cannot put a foot wrong. And this album really proves like that mm-hmm. they have never been better and they've always been on top of their fucking game, despite how whack some of the things that they've done have been. And even now, you know, they still absolutely fucking crush it. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointing to know that they st- they don't really play those songs live. Yeah, no. When I we saw them, twenty nineteen, was it? Yeah, at Good, Good Things, Things Festival, yes. twenty nineteen. Um, they played Down from the Sky, and that's it. Yeah, and for a forty five minute set, they can't really play anything from that <laughs> no. album. I think. I think mm-hmm. most of the songs are over five minutes long. Yeah. Except for Down From The Sky, which I think clocked in just under five. Like uh, no, Down From The Sky is still five and a half. 
Is it really? Yeah. Fuck. Maybe I'm thinking the radio edit. Um, yeah. I know, I know it did. Insurrections copy radio right edit. on five. The calamity's right on five. He who spawned the furies is actually four. But yeah, basically everything else is like five, five plus, and then you get to Shogun, which is twelve minutes long. Yeah, it, it, that's fucking such an incredible song. But mm-hmm. to open it with Kira Set Go, man. Oh, oh. fuck. That's, what a that's way to still, open an album. That's still one of my favorite Trivium songs ever. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's cyber ass for the end. <laughs> will take their fucking heads. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, <sighs> taking a huge um songwriting and like lyrically from the Japanese traditional culture um leads for some perfect stories in our songs as well. Um, you know, he's always he hasn't shied away from his culture and his heritage, so I think I this never. was fucking the perfect like nod, I guess, in a way to that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. Fuck, what a what a great album, dude. Mm. I totally forgot it was so good up until this week. Oh. <laughs> I think sometime last year, I was just, uh, I don't know what I was listening to, but yeah, I put it on. I was like, fuck. Yeah, it, as you said, it still holds up. It rips start to, fr- uh, start to finish. And like, as when I was going, it was like, I loved Metallica. And then I got like Trivium, which was just Metallica, but heavier. And I was like, fuck, where has this been? <laughs> mum and dad, why don't you know about this? And now mum loves Trivium as well. Yeah. And fucking absolutely right, too. <laughs> yeah, she even saw them with us at Good Things. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> she was right on the barricade. <laughs> Was she really? Yeah, she was at the front. <laughs> fucking oath, mad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I'd that love day to was see hot. Throw some elbows. Oh my god, don't get me started. Bro, dude. I, I think was like already so drunk. After I was, I was wrecked after Trivium. Like by the end of the night, I was dead, and I can single-handedly put it back down to being in the marsh at Trivium and just how brutally hot it was. So right at the start of December for us, it's like thirty plus degrees yeah. in the sun middle yeah. of the day and yeah. hey if he's telling you to run around in circles you've got to run around in circles oh yeah you fucking you run around until you fucking your legs break on mm-hmm. <laughs> straight up dude oh fuck that was that that's still the first time i've seen trivium and yeah. i can't wait to see them again doing mm-hmm. their own headline show or something because um yeah a bit of a yeah, longer man, set that, that 45 minutes was good but fuck me dead i wish they got to play longer mm-hmm mm-hmm Hundred percent. Yeah, the both times I've seen them are both festival sets. So yeah, limited to what forty five minutes. So it'd be nice. And then um, next one we want to talk about a little bit came earlier than uh, Shogun. We have End of Heartache by Kill Switch Engage. So this one came out in two thousand and four. And my introduction to it was I think I think this the title track was on a WWE game. I'm pretty Maybe sure like it was 2007 or something. It was on there, and like that was my introduction to Kill Switch. Oh no, it was the um, wasn't that one? Maybe my last sentence, but it's the theme song for CM Punk. That was his intro song. I remember it was a Kill Switch track. So that was my introduction because he was my favorite wrestler at the time. So that was my introduction, and I don't know. For me, Kill Switch has always been a bit funny, like. I never kind of go out of my way to put them on. Yeah. Until like one day I'm just like kill switch and then I'll go put them on and it'll be like that for another couple of months and I'll leave them be. 
Yeah, I'm totally the same on that sort of sentiment. Um, Killswitch is not really one of those bands that I can legitimately sit and listen to. But um, what they did in terms of pushing, again, like I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably keep referring back to this just like you will. But for what they did in terms of shaping my musical tastes, I will never forget. Because I think my first introduction to Killswitch Engage was actually through Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. may have been Guitar Hero 3. Um, it was My Curse. And um, that fucking song was so good. Yeah. And I can still say that song fucking rips. Um, I will never forget how disappointed I was when Parkway Drive toured with them and Diada's Murder. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was 2017, maybe even 2018 when they did that. And um, not that I didn't want to see Killswitch Engage. I thought Parkway could have brought someone better. But... Um, they, I think they opened up with Rose of Sharon. And <laughs> fucking Christ, yeah. dude. I fucking forgot how good that shit was. And to see it live for the first time, fucking hell, man. But um, I think that short that set got cut very short for me because I, I caught the straight elbow straight to the fucking temple. I was out. <laughs> I, I missed that entire fucking set. I was so pissed. Um, and fucking literally woke up to Parkway's fucking fire cannons going off. <laughs> um absolute shame because i did get to miss my curse they did play the end of heartache and there was another couple of classics in there from their back catalog which Um, i think is honestly their best catalog um i i hate to i had to be that fucking guy but i reckon the howard jones era of Mm. um kill switch fucking kill switch is by far the best yeah era and not nothing not to hang any shit on jesse leach mm-hmm. he, he's a fucking incredible vocalist yeah but i feel like his cleans don't stack up and i feel like howard had a lot more range um for my tastes anyway um so i would love to see uh, jesse just fuck off and bring howard back but obviously uh howard doesn't want to do it no um but jesse still kills those yeah. parts like and um, fuck, man, Rose. I still can't get over Rose of Sharon. If there's anything I can take away from that, Rose of Sharon is just so yeah. incredible. One of the fucking, one of the greatest fucking opening songs for for me personally. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to see them, but anything I've watched online, they've always just been a super tight band. Um, yeah, completely just nail the whole show. So I do one day want to see them. And I think you've got to give huge kudos to them as well for like pushing metalcore as a genre as well. Like End of Heartache yeah. was 2004, Alive or Just Breathing was 2002. So yep. I think without bands like this, we wouldn't be where we are today. And it's just like I mentioned with the um, the Agony Scene album that I gave you last week. Mm-hmm. It was just that beautiful sound that was flourishing at the time in metalcore it was a lot kind of leaning more towards the metal than the core yeah uh, straight up yeah like damn trivium like huge ones for me when i think of that sound and even ad as well holy fuck he he's such a good guitarist he doesn't yeah. take no fucking shit dude <laughs> um Especially, and I mean, this is totally off topic, but in relation a little bit further on down the line, when um, going back to Parkway Drives, um, for their first couple of albums where AD was um, producing them, he pushed them so fucking hard because he held such a high standard yeah. of greatness. 
but that's because he held himself to such a high standard. And you can tell that. You can tell from the start of Killswitch, even to now, he still holds himself Mm -hmm. to that standard. And I think that's probably one of the most commendable things about Killswitch is that maybe their music hasn't really um, stood the test of time. I mean, it has. That's not the right phrase. Maybe their music hasn't really um, gelled now with people as they've progressed further on. But I would honestly say that, they're, again, with Trivium, their oldest stuff is some of the best stuff they've mm-hmm. written and really formed the basis for what metalcore has kind of become, even today. Yeah. Um, a lot of bands, uh, especially in the metalcore scene, still hold Kills, which is a fucking, as a very big influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably argue most of that's down to their song progression. They really nailed the intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, mm-hmm. and then fucking outro, outro, chorus type thing. Like, they really fucking nailed it in my eyes, personally. Mm-hmm. And they did it with no bullshit. It was fucking start, finish. Yeah, pure craftsmanship. Like, they've perfected it. Yeah, 100%. Although, um, I will admit, um, whilst trying to go back through these albums, this was one that I didn't really get around um, just because when I heard the other albums that we'll probably mention, well, that we will mention later on, I was like, hmm. damn, dude, I've got to go back to this, got to go back to that. And this one kind of, I, I did a, I did one playthrough of this one and went, yeah, man, I fucking really forgot how good that was. But in terms of everything else that kind of come out around the same time, this one kind of gets slept on. And yeah. for all the right reasons, I guess, but at the same time, if you haven't heard this fucking album, even now, go and listen to it. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah, especially like being one of those front runner bands. Yes. Um, for yes. the sound. Fucking oath. And like even looking back at how it was received, mm-hmm. like four stars, three and a half stars, like nine stars, ten stars. Like, dude. And, and in the middle of the 2000s as well, mm-hmm. just when it was really getting fucking good. Fuck me, yeah, and kind of new metal was kind of still relevant, I guess, but on the way out as well. For them to yep. not go and jump on that new metal bandwagon, but kind of take a gamble on metalcore. Because, like, you know, everyone points back to, like, the late 90s, early, early 2000s, like 2001, 2002 sort of thing, like, mm-hmm. and kind of credit them for it. But, like... Bands like Killswitch, they did it bigger and better, in my opinion. That's yeah. why, you know, they got onto these video games. They got onto, you know, making music for wrestlers. Like, they they went all the way. Yep. Just because they, they were decided Avenged, to pick them. <laughs> they were Avenged Sevenfold before Avenged Sevenfold was a fucking twinkle in their father's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Fuck. Speaking of Avenged Sevenfold... Can we just talk about how fucking good the White Album was? Oh, self-titled, yeah. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Mm -hmm. What an absolute belter. Mm -hmm. My favorite of theirs. Yeah, 100%. Besides, uh, I'd probably argue City of Evil, but not Mm. a whole lot. I wouldn't really back it over self-titled anyway. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, when I saw them in... (laughs) 2014 they headlined Soundwave Festival and 
to date, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, it was right after they released Hail to the King, but their stage show was sick. They had these big sick gates on stage, all these like cemetery themes, but their pyrotechnics. Oh. What? They had gates? Yeah, like big cemetery Were they gates. Like, oh, like so around they the stage very and shit. Sinister? I mean, the gates were pretty sinister and they also had sinister gates. <laughs> I no, love yeah. being a big fuckwit. <laughs> I was trying to not let you get away with it. <laughs> I tried. Like, no, just quickly sick. going through this fucking track list, like, critical acclaim. I'm pretty mm. sure that was just an intro, but yeah, fucking belter of a song. Um, I think that was on one Almost of the guitar easy. heroes as well. Almost easy was, I'm okay. pretty sure. And then I think um, they Black had... Country from City of Evil. Uh, Afterlife was a fucking cracker song. Mm-hmm. Lost and A Little Piece of Heaven, easily mm. one of the best songs in their yeah. discography. And oh, if hold that on. I think Critical making... Acclaim was on a Need for Speed game, maybe? I think they had a track on a Need for Speed game as well. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. I think that's where it was. It was almost easy on Need for Speed Pro Street. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Oh, fuck. Because Bat Country was from Guitar Hero, I'm pretty sure. That's where I remember that. Yeah, that sounds oh. more right. Oh, man. What yeah, it comes in with like the, yeah, at the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nah, that was on Guitar Hero 3 World Tour. I had that one, yeah. Fucking jam. Fuck. What a, what a beast. That album was so fucking good. No, don't play the song. My God. Fat <laughs> Fingers. Uh, next band. So we're kind of almost in the transition period here. We've got an album from 2010. My, I think, favorite album from them. We've mentioned them a couple of times here already. Parkway Drive, Deep Blue. Yeah. This album fucked my socks off when I first heard it. Mm. And it still does. Yeah. My yeah. God, to open it with Samsara and then into Unrest. Oh, oh, they didn't have to do us like that. No, they didn't. And the you know what? I, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I just want to quickly like get this off my chest. I held Horizons right up at the fucking top for so long. <laughs> and I think most of that was because of the impact that it made yeah. on, again, my musical tastes. But going back through Deep Blue, I think for that, for where they were at in their musical style, obviously before Atlas come around and yeah. fucking ruined everything, not in a bad way. Um, I think that but, Atlas was the beginning of the end, really, because I still fuck with yeah. Atlas. Yeah. But Atlas, it was definitely again, the beginning of the end. Yeah, absolutely. Like fucking hell. Um, and that was the album that what housed Home is the, Homes for the Heartless, mm-hmm. Deep Blue, Homes for the Heartless, Karma, again, Unrest. And there was mm-hmm. Sleepless. Oh, Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker, sorry. Yeah. Deliver Me. Oh, my. Dead oh, Weight. My it goes God. on. Hollow, Dude, that- which was a reuse of the riff of Hollow Man. Mm. Still a huge album. Set to Destroy. Leviathan. Uh, I'm, I, I'm just going through all the songs on the album, man. They all rip ass. Yeah. Uh, there is not a, you cannot skip a no. single song on that album. And if you tell me that you can, I don't want to speak to you anymore. You probably listen to Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> oh, steer away, step away. 
I'm gonna fucking stab a dude. <laughs> oh. oh, fucking Christ! But that album rips. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense as to why they still play a lot of songs from mm-hmm. that album. It's because it really was the last album that was in that vein that they really didn't want to escape from, but had to yeah. escape from. You know what I mean? Like you can tell in you can tell by the time that Atlas had kind of started well, they were dropping singles for Atlas, you can kind of tell, like, okay, we're not getting the metal core. Um parkway drive anymore yeah. we're getting a more mature a more grounded in a sense version of parkway and i believe that this album and maybe this is just um the young guns the young bucks talking here because i mean if you ask anyone older than us they will probably still say horizons hands yeah. down but um i don't know about you i think this is the album that really got me into um metalcore and kept me in it. Yeah, 100%. Especially that almost Australian taste on it as well. Like another mm. one we're going to talk about later, like obviously both from the same town sound similar in a way, but yeah, like this, man. B-B-H-C, B-B-H-C. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, this is definitely my favorite record of them. It's got everything it's got the sick sing-along guitar riffs got six sing-along choruses it's got nuts breakdowns you've still got the deliver me meme of winston in a box <laughs> um and if you can still go to youtube and find um them playing that at a festival and holy fuck the whole entire crowd throughout it just jumping head to toe i think he's like at the start he's like i want to see you jumping at uh Get your feet off the ground, out of the mud, or whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I remember the first time I heard "Deliver Me." I think the first time I saw Parkway was was it with you at Live It Up 2015? Yeah. Yep. Oh my fucking lord, dude. Yeah. So the what, um, "Deliver Me" from Sonosphere in 2011. Go check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, going. Just go and watch them live mm-hmm. if you haven't already. Yeah, like I think now a progression as well. And you can like almost appreciate. Like when I went and watched their documentary, The Viva La Underdog said, like, you know, obviously being from here and like following them for so long, it almost brought a tear to my eye seeing like how much adversity they've overcome, how much literal blood, sweat, and tears they've poured into the band, and like to see it finally paying off in the way it is now, like headlining Varken. It almost like brings a tear to your eye for the boys, hey. Oh, 100%. And you know what? They they had to do it the fucking hard way mm-hmm. too, though. You know what I mean? Coming yeah, it's through not like the they can 2000s, jump over jump over the border and they're in another country to tour. Yeah, exactly. They got three high. shows on the East Coast here and that's it. And they're 10 plus hours drive between each other. And like to do it through the early 2000s mm-hmm. as well, you know, to, to, I mean, I don't think they really broke through the international scene and to where they could start doing their own headline tours until, until about Deep Blue, yeah. But, I mean, to be able to start making mm-hmm. all these fucking waves, like, I'm pretty sure we were talking about it. Um, Charlie, my, my friend, was saying even, like, early 2000s coming into the tw- 2010s, Parkway Drive was sharing the stage with Acacia Strain, mm-hmm. Chelsea Grin, not Chelsea Grin, sorry, Suicide Silence. Yeah. Bands like that, bands that were coming from the States in such a mm-hmm. fucking huge 
like metalcore, deathcore, yeah. hardcore. So scene. established already. Like, and to be coming to Australia and sharing the stage with with Parkway Drive, like, dude, that would have blown their fucking minds. And now that mm-hmm. Parkway's at a point where they can headline for a case restraint, they can uh, take Suicide Silence and, mm-hmm. as opening act. Like, they can literally take whoever they want on tour at this point, really. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. And like, you want to think back then as well, they didn't have the tools everyone has today to share their music. There was, there wasn't really a YouTube or like Instagram to just plug everything everywhere. Like bands have nowadays, it wasn't as easy to record music as it is nowadays. And they really did have to tour their asses off. Word of mouth, touring, Mm -hmm. relying on the labels to make sure the music got out. Like, yeah, man, for the amount of fucking effort. And you know what? I'm just going to fucking say it. If it wasn't for Parkway Drive getting as big as what they were, I really don't think Australian bands, especially in the metal scene, would have been able to push through these fucking boundaries. Yeah. And yes, Northland and Polaris wouldn't be where they are today. Amity wouldn't be where they are today. Like, obviously, coming out at the same time, both Amity and Parkway almost in a sense, were battling in a way because they were at the same level for so long. Yeah. And then, you know, Parkway are fucking huge now. Whereas I want to say Amity have almost kind of remained stagnant. Like they're yep. still huge over here, but you look at the international shows, they're still playing a couple of hundred cap rooms. Yeah. And I just think that's because it's not the international style of music. Mm-hmm. You think of all these international bands that come over, and I mean, we say international, um, they're talking mostly like the United States, sometimes even like Europe, Europe, the UK, probably mostly. Um, But like, I think Amity pushed such a niche brand of metalcore that didn't really get its traction up until the 2010s, maybe even Mm -hmm. coming later into the 2010s. That's probably me talking out of my ass, but that's probably it. That's how I really perceive it. I think they were kind of the sad boy hardcore before sad boy hardcore. Yeah, like really we thing. had, um, you know, that sort of like real scene, crabcore, emo sort of metalcore stuff that really fucking took off. And they weren't quite in that, but they definitely lent a lot more towards that than they did stuff like Parkway Drive. And I think that's what the, yeah. the kind of that niche sort of thing you're mentioning is as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had all those bands with feathers in their ears fucking becoming huge. Like of Mice and Men, Attack Attack, stuff like that. But Amity weren't just there yet either. Man, it's so crazy to think about, like, especially for them, where they came from fucking Gimpy, dude. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, for, nothing good for, comes to, out of there. Exactly, and for these guys, I mean, they they totally shun Gimpy. They're they're a Brisbane yeah. band, <laughs> but I mean, like, I wouldn't fucking call Gimpy home, even if it was like, even if I was still living there, bro. Like, I'd say I was from fucking like <laughs> Noosa. <laughs> like, oh, easy, one hundred percent. I'd fucking make it my mission to say I was like Noosa or Noosa Heads, Noosa Mill, anywhere besides Gimpy. <laughs> But um, in saying that, I think we can kind of be proud. I think we should be proud of the fact that you know, they come so close to home. Mm-hmm. They come from a place that's so close to home. Like, how far is Gimby from home? Like, 45 40 minutes, hour? Yeah. Exactly fucking right. And they still dude. play that's the sunny coast. Yeah, they do. They really do. And, man, 
Sunny Coast gigs for like any sort of band, they go off. Mm-hmm. Always. They go fucking off. Like I still, I will still remember the first time I saw the Amity Affliction at Kiwana. Yeah. And that shit. That show was heavy. Mind. That was so fucking good. And I think one of my favorite venues. And it's a community center. Yeah, it's air conned. It's got wooden floors. The sound is incredible. They've got a huge stage. Oh, There's the room for production. Was so good. Yeah, dude. Oh the drums were so poppy. And if you needed to step the fuck out, mm-hmm. you could. There were yep. two walls, or you could go all the way out the back. There was like yep. a little bit of a platform that you could just sit on and just chill out. It was perfect because there was no heat at the at the back there. It was all cool. You can catch your breath, you can have your water, and then you can run straight back in. Yeah. And oh fuck. I mean, bro. we also did I don't know if you were there, but Parkway played there as well. Yep. I, I was right there around for the dark two shows days. they did. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that was um was that the um was that the all Aussie adventures tour that they did with Make Them Suffer and Aversions Crown? I don't think I saw that one. I was there with In Hearts Wake. I saw that one. Or was it or was it in Hearts Wake and Amity? I think it was in Hearts Wake and Amity. It was. Yeah, so the parkway one you're talking about, I got too late. I had a footy game. Yeah. And I got there yeah. like literally as Parkway were coming on. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I fucking fully dodged everything to make sure I went to that one. Because I think I did acid for that show. <laughs> and um yeah, I did because that's when I had my I had my fucking I had so much in Hearts Wake merch that I wore day in day out, and I remember I ripped my fucking shirt mm-hmm. in the pit for Aversion's Crown because again my friend Charlie the, this was the first time I met Charlie too, he was with um, Martin's brother Will, and I bumped into Will and this is when I just dropped my two tabs of acid. And I said, like, I bumped into Will and Will's like, bro, fucking can't, can't believe you're here. And I'm like, oh, bro, this is so sick. And he's like, this is my friend, Charlie. Steer clear of him. He's heard, Charlie's turned around at that point and Charlie's grabbed me by the shirt like this, by the fucking scruff of my neck. He's, he's then turned me around, kicked me up by the fucking back of my shorts and thrown me headfirst into the fucking pit. Followed me in picked me up because I couldn't fucking like lift myself up off the ground. He's picked me up. He's let me kind of find my fucking feet. And then he's just started swinging, swinging <laughs> fucking arms. And I'm fucking sitting there getting beaten the fuck up by him. I've got three other dudes doing the same thing. And I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? Still one of the crazy. I mean, so was the aversions the main open, like the, the first opener? Yeah. Aversions opened up. And I think this is when they just dropped or, um, Fuck the, the the tyrant the purple album yeah um that's when they just dropped that and that was my first experience with Mark Poyter I fucking called him Pig Face Joe the whole night <laughs> and um holy fuck, fuck man that was the first, that was when I fell in love with the Virgin's Crown and more so with Make Them Suffer because yeah. I was trying to get into them too but um I digress we're not talking about Amity Affliction anymore um we've <laughs> gone so far off. <laughs> We have gone so far, but kind of um, almost looped around because we got back to a Parkway show. Yeah, but any because like they were opening for Parkway and they felt so out of the ordinary for me because they were both two deathcore bands Mm -hmm. opening up for a band that arguably is just not a deathcore band. And like they were (laughs) just releasing Atlas at this time as well. 
which I mean kind of makes sense in hindsight because Atlas was a very dark fucking mm-hmm. album. But like, I love that record. Man, I remember getting there and like a version's crown wasn't even on like the, the little tour pamphlet that got handed around. Okay. It would just make them suffer. Uh, Aversion's Crown was the local band, ah. and because um, they did they did a Brisbane show and then came to the Sunshine Coast, and I remember the first, I think it was fucking, um, I can't actually remember what one of the first songs they played was, but Pointers come straight in with this fucking guttural squeak, like scream that went into a pig squeal, and my fucking head exploded. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And I just thought, dude, like, I don't even want to hear Make Them Suffer because these guys kind of, like, just topped it. But then for Make Them Suffer to kind of lead in the Parkway kind of really felt like a fucking massive kick in the balls because Parkway, like, as hard as what they went, just went, dude, like, the rest of the show was just so Heavier. sick. And then yeah. Parkway kind of was just the cherry on top, you know, that that that, mm-hmm. that little bit of... Um, Gave you that little, yeah, little bit of sing along. Oh man, I'm pretty sure um, that was a show where we kind of like all like wrapped arms around each other, the homers for the heartless, and kind yeah. of like, whoa, whoa. And then the oh. idols and anchors riff is the start as well. Oh, wow, 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 oh. wow. <laughs> the, the cheer for that opening riff yeah. every time they play it mm-hmm. will always fucking give me I can't ever see that song leaving a set list, eh? Man, the day they get rid of Idols and Anchors is probably the day I go, yeah, I don't think I'm going to pay for them anymore. <laughs> um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Deep Blue? Incredible fucking album. Mm-hmm. Um now and now going back through the parkway discography uh probably on number one mm-hmm. um i absolutely encourage you guys to listen to this album if for one reason or that you haven't if you have go back and listen to it again it was also rediscover your love because it was also one of the last times parkway drive made it onto a hottest 100 okay so um probably until aya came out but yeah, mm. I think Sleepwalker made it in pretty like early on in the countdown. I think it was like 90 or something. But dude, for that song to still make it into a countdown on national radio. Yeah. Perfect. Sleepwalker. Big ups Christ. to the boys. Start to finish. No, all yeah. killer, no filler. <laughs> okay. So this next one is hands down the reason I'm into heavy music now. So going from straight into Before I Forget, I found Stand Up and Scream by Asking Alexandria, which had come out a year before Deep Blue um, in 2009. I remember seeing the video for A Prophecy on YouTube and just how heavy it was, but with how incredible the singing is as well. It was like the yeah. best of both worlds for me. Um, an album that I've constantly gone back to as well, like... Just went straight into that little scene, kid had the little little fringe going and everything, and like this just never left my ears. This and um, Suicide Season by Bring Me the Horizon, just constantly, all the time. It's all I listened to from like six months. I didn't want to hear any other music. <laughs> I wanted asking Alexandria. <laughs> hey man, asking Alexandria 
um, I can understand the suicide season, and I can kind of argue <laughs> with you about all day. But ah, uh, since the day we've met, you've argued with me about. <laughs> and I think we'll argue about that until the day we die. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, yeah. So, like, oh. this was my first introduction into like a proper heavy album. I'm, I don't think I was ready. No, I wasn't either because around the same time I was getting introduced um, to Before I Forget and um, like Slipknot, Disturbed. Yeah. Um, I remember finding um, the final episode around the same yeah. time. And um, whew, I think what really turned me off was how heavy in the electronics that they were. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I, I was coming from, like, electronic music, like, dance, like house music, uh, even, like, earlier sorts of versions of dubstep at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really want the keyboards or anything necessarily like that. And kind of what made Slipknot so appealing was that they incorporated those things, but they weren't at the forefront mm-hmm. of what of they the were music, doing. They yeah. kind of uh, added all of these extra bits you know, I appreciated that, but asking Alexandria Lent uh, so heavily into those things, it was so mm. jarring to listen to. But it wasn't until maybe 2009, 2010, I think it was mostly 2010, where I really got around it. Yeah, I just remember, like, the thing for me was, yeah, straight in that uh, a prophecy was Danny's, how brutal his screams were like so low, but so rattly and crisp. And then just the way he could then just soar straight into these highs, like clean highs. And oh. yeah, Danny, I think was the huge thing for me. And I got to see them in 2013. So like right after they released from death to destiny and they played a lot off stand up and scream, which was huge for me. Like it was just starting to rain and stuff like that. And they were sick live. Um, they crushed it right before Danny went weird and made a country album. Yeah. Um, this is another one for that. me that I could listen to the whole entire thing. Like you got the the cringy ass early metalcore deathcore lyrics in there. Like um, in not the American average. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And you know, what's actually really fucking funny too. Like I remember, um, like kind of trying to avoid all of these electronic parts and stuff, especially back in the day. Cause I was like, you know, I can't, I could kind of deal with it in like the full length songs where I couldn't really avoid it. But now going back to it, like those fucking parts are probably the most fun mm-hmm. of that out of any of the early asking Alexandria stuff. To be very honest, like that fucking, that crunk, party yeah. fucking hardy type shit <laughs> oh man and yeah just like the, all the instruments just completely drop out and you get this little like electronic beat and then like some chanting in the back oh boy, big, my yeah, the, the fucking crowd vocal yeah <laughs> so good and it's like oh, yeah man. as i mentioned like the lyrics for not the american average it's like uh i knew when i first saw you you would fuck like a whore <laughs> so bad <laughs> but little 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 me loved it Oh, man. Oh, man. And you know what? Um, 
fucking Christ. Like, it, this is such a hot, like, it's such a hard album to come back and listen to. Not in the sense where it was, like, difficult to come back to, but difficult in the sense to understand that they just don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Death to Destiny, like you brought up before. Was a huge change. It was a massive change. They were definitely leaning out of the metal core and going into more of the hard rock sort of foundations. But it was a style of, it was a change in style that kind of was jarring for me. I mean, it was still a pretty good album. I enjoyed it. But um, if we had to compare the newer version of Asking Alexandria, I'm talking like the last three to four albums that they dropped. I would say the black's the best one. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I didn't even know they released an album in 2019 or 2020. They released uh, an, an album when Danny came back, which is yeah. fucking terrible. Is that the but they did an album in one? 20, yeah, yeah, fucking horse shit. Yeah, LP5, um, Felix. Yeah, my old roommate was um, raving on about how it's like a return to form and shit, but it's not. <laughs> Um, I still reckon the black with Dennis Stoff and fuck, I hate Dennis Stoff, but I have to argue that that was such a fucking good album. And if Arsenal Alexandria are going to make music like that again, it's got to be one of the best. It's got to be one of the best albums in terms of the heaviness. Definitely top three, but not like fighting for top spot. Personally, that would still go to stand up and scream. And, Mm -hmm. um, What's the fucking other one? That's the one that comes directly after it. Yeah, Reckless oh, and Relentless. That's the one. Both in yeah, that man. same sort of sound, but as a whole, I just found Stand Up Scream was just much better. Oh, and it's even today, again, yeah. one of those albums that just holds up. Because I was mowing the fucking lawn, dude, and I'm fucking head bopping. <laughs> yeah. like, just the just way stopped. it opens as well, like Alarion with like the rain and the chick on the phone, and it just goes, boom, and just kicks straight into the album. And it doesn't stop. Like, uh, sure, it, like, mellows out and you get, like, just the little nothingness parts. But as an album, it just fucks you. And, again, with the fucking cringy, like, metalcore, deathcore lyrics, fuck this, cross my heart, I hope you die, left by the side of the road, yeah. come as a bitch, right? Oh, <laughs> come as a bitch, be- right? <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. And, the, oh. and he's fucking fry screams, Yeah. Dude. Oh, and he's man. got the and super fucking long fringe as well. Oh, they all did. And they were yeah. all scrawny as yeah. fuck. And they're doing the two-step to the yeah. fucking... Oh. The, the attack, attack, two-step, synchronized fucking two-stepping. Christ, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, bring back oh, this metalcore, please. Seriously, dude. Asking Alexandria. Ben Bruce. I don't even give a mm-hmm. fuck about Danny. You can fuck off and die. <laughs> ben Bruce, if you if this clip somehow can make it to you at any stage, please, 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 please. Get Danny to fucking pull his head out of his ass, get his dick out of his fucking mouth, and make this album again. Please. Please. I don't think I'm the only one who's begging you for this. I think there's going to be an entire legion of fans that want this sound to come back. But don't do it like Attack Attack. <laughs> do not do it like Attack Attack, for fuck's sake. I mean, like, going off the, like, the lyrics, I mean, then you have a fucking song as well. I used to have a best friend, but then he gave me an STD. <laughs> I once was possibly, maybe, 
perhaps a cowboy. That's got to still be one of their best song titles. I know. Or even just like oh best songs. God. It rips. I, I love every yeah. song on here, man. Um, I'm a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Stick them up, you codgers. And yeah, yeah, like I remember sitting, I think it was in a science class in like grade eight and seeing the video for a prophecy. I just replayed it and replayed it and replayed it for the whole class. Still one of my all-time favorite. I think I'd put this in my top 10 just for how much I fell in love with it at the start and it has shaped all of my musical taste and I can still jam it today. Fuck man, that's what we should have done as well. I didn't do I didn't do a top 10 metalcore albums of all time, but I reckon no, we should have. <laughs> oh fuck. All in hindsight, maybe we can bring it up in the next pod yeah. just for just as like a hey, remember how we said we should have done that? Here it is. Yeah. Um, but also just briefly, because I'm pretty much done talking about this one. Have you got anything else to add? Not really. Just if for some reason you haven't heard it or you remember like hearing it ages ago or you've only heard bad things, but go chuck it on. Because there oh, are yeah, some exactly. ripper parts in the album. Like just that whole album it's just fucking rips. heavy for a metalcore album, too. Yeah. Yeah, so many open notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, just just chugs. chugs. Chugs, chugs and chugs. Bro, that's that album was so fucking good. But um just briefly before um we push on, another album that was really fucking good that um that definitely reminds me of a top ten and would be easily in top five, even three, is um Memphis May Fires the Hollow. Um now, I don't know if you remember a lot about that album. Going off the conversation we had uh, a couple of days ago, I don't think you really remember uh, it a morning. whole lot. No, I don't at this all. Mo- was it this morning? Yeah. Oh, it was this morning. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Kale about it yesterday, I think it was. And, um, oh, man, I f- that album fucks so fucking hard, man. And um, I think that's peak Memphis May Fire, um, personally. I think that was definitely the album that really put them on the fucking map in terms of um, being a, a big name band on such a fucking incredible label. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Maddie Mullins fucking crushed it top to fucking bottom. Yeah. Lyrics, vocal technique, bro. His screams on that mm-hmm. album. Oh, man. Oh, fucking man. And even when I saw them open up, for Parkway Drive 2015 for Aya Tour. Sorry, 2016 for Aya Tour at Riverside. Choice for Opener. Dude, it was the word it was the word alive, Memphis May Fire, and Viard. <laughs> How the so fuck do you do only, that? Not only were there a bunch of these fucking fat weird cunts there for the fucking word alive. All the fucking emos came out yep. from Memphis May Fire, and then all the fucking deathcore kids. Yeah, all came the out brutal kids. Dude, by the time Parkway had come on, there were so many fucking random people that, I, again, one of those concerts I just took a lot of too much acid to. There were so many fucking random people there with different coloured hair and fucking like the 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 chains that hung mm-hmm. off the fucking belt buckles and fucking. Oh man, so many fucking facial piercings, and I just fucking remember. Um, and still one of the greatest things about seeing them live. The one time I saw them live, they played like 
fucking four out of ten, like four songs from the Hollow, and they played like eight songs in total. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, this is in 2016. The Hollow's five years old at that point. Yeah, and for them to have dropped, I think they had like two or even three albums by 2016 out. Like <laughs> the Hollow, the songs from the Hollow went the absolute fucking hardest, man. And even still, like, I will go back to that album and be like, man, they fucking crushed that so hard. Um, and I would also argue that that album, despite what people may say about Memphis May Fire, that's got to be one of the most influential albums in terms, well, for me, as well as maybe someone else and maybe even the scene for metalcore in general. Yeah, when um, Metalcore was going through that sort of like scene emo sort of wave, um, fuck, what's that stop shop in America? Hot topic and that, just like that, the hot topic Metalcore, and like that yeah. was sort of taking up. I knew, like, I never really got into them. Um, I had one of their albums, as I mentioned to you on CD. I got it for free. I just never yeah. kind of clicked with them. Like they'd always been in the back. I was always listening to something else. Like for me, it's like it's weird. I get super like addictive when it comes to music. Like I'll find something and I'll jam the shit out of it until I find the next thing. And I'll miss so much else going along because of it. And I've only like started going back now and finding all these older records that really fucking bang. And I missed out on at the time. Yeah, dude. It's a that's a fucking that's a thing, eh? You totally forget what you miss out on. So you like, you come back to it years later mm-hmm. even and then be like, holy fuck. Like, like I look what? back at like the 2013, 2014 Soundwave lineups and the bands I had <laughs> no idea existed that played there and I could have seen. It breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go and look at yeah. their set list from there and then you realize like, hey, the music they're making now is not as good as it was then. And I couldn't see that stuff then because I didn't know it existed. And I really hate myself because that's their best set list ever. And I could have seen it. That's like, um, and to go off on a little bit of a tangent before we go on to the next topic. Um, not that we already haven't gone on a tangent. Anyway, shut the fuck up. Um, it's like when I got, literally when I got to high school and found the gent music, <laughs> um, Periphery was literally one of the, well, it was Meshuggah. Um, I found Mish- no, sorry, no, it was Periphery. Found Periphery through um, between the buried and me, mm-hmm. and um, obviously through Periphery, found the sugar. Anyway, back to Periphery because I think it was um, 2012 or 2013 Soundwave. Periphery yeah. were actually there, and I think you st- you still have the CD in your car somewhere. Yeah, 2013, and it's got Face Palm Mute on it. Oh my fucking god. And like god, that's what dude, I mean. Like, I could have seen them. I've got their set list here. So they played seven tracks, Ragnarok, Scarlet, yep, banger, Luck is banger, a Constant, Have banger, a Blast, banger, Face Palm Mute, banger, Make Total Destroy. Banger. Acaris lives. Ah, uh, belt. Oh, uh, one of the biggest belters ever. They hate and, playing Icarus Lives now, but they still play Scarlet. Yeah. And, and I think like um, a lot of those songs we won't see now though. I still play Scarlet. Luck is a constant I got to see. And there was another one that they played, but I can't remember for the fucking life of me. I want to say the gods must be crazy, but I think I am fucking crazy because I don't think they played <laughs> that. But still, though, to hear Scarlet yeah. played was I love Scarlet. so fucking good. And on oh, the video clip that went with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking hot dog uh, ketchup mustard was so oh, good. Cunt. What a fucking trip. 
anyway, let, let's move on. I think I'm we're, we're fucking enough. bad for this. <laughs> I'm bad for this. I don't even know how you let me get away with it. Because uh, I'm <laughs> fucking a part of it. <laughs> I'm no better. Anyway. Oh, um, Lucky we're not doing this in person, gun. Because you, I'd have to get you to slap me at the back <laughs> of the fucking head. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway. <laughs> we have young bloods by the Amity Affliction. Oh so we were God. tossing up whether to do Young Bloods or Chasing Goats. Um, Chasing Goats was definitely the first of them I think I had heard. I remember staying up one night and the video clips for Dark Days by Parkway came on and then right after was Chasing Ghosts by The Amity Affliction. And then straight away then like Chasing Goats wasn't out yet. And then I went straight back into the old stuff and obviously came across Young Bloods. I think for a yeah. while there, Chasing Ghosts was my favorite album of theirs, but in the last maybe year or so, it's... I can, I think I can say without a doubt, it's Young Bloods. Even though the self, the title track itself for me has fallen off the pedestal I once held it at, the rest of it's so good. Um, I hate Hartley Anchors, which I got to see them play at the end of 2019. It fucking ripped live as well. Um, HMAS, Look Back, Fire a Knife, uh, Rip Foghorn, and Fuck the Yankees. All such good songs, and they there was the perfect in between from like the chasing ghost sound of where everything was really produced, like clean, almost a little over the top, but then the rawness of what came before, it was a perfect in-between. So Aaron wasn't super produced. Joel was still raspy. Everything sounded real. Uh, yeah. These are some of my favorite tracks of theirs. Yeah, I would, um, I'd probably still argue um, chasing goats is better. Um but that's only because uh, I think I played Young Bloods to death <laughs> to the point where I physically can like skip songs and probably at this point even take those songs out of the album because we're in a digital world. I can fucking do that. Fuck you all. <laughs> um, but I, I totally agree with you in that sense where it, it is a more raw sounding album. It's definitely um, probably one of the peak albums in terms of Australian metalcore as well. I mm-hmm. think it was kind of the turn um, of what really made um, Australian heavy music I, along with Parkway Drive, obviously yeah. uh, so good to fucking yeah. listen to. And I think know? without both of these albums we wouldn't have such a sh- surgeons. Like with the success yeah. these bands have, we had then you know there so many metalcore bands popping up. So many. And obviously, we wouldn't yep. have the likes of Northlane, Polaris, In Hearts Wake now without these two bands paving the way for them. These guys fucking walk so the others could run. Easy. Absolutely, man. And I mean, like, we can probably um, bitch and moan about, um, oh, well, I, I fucking can. I know, uh, yeah, whatever, about their newer sort of mm-hmm. take on um, their own sound. I mean, they obviously didn't really want to be making heavy music forever. Nobody does. Um, I mean, I can kind of, I can kind of get it. You yeah. got to evolve with the times. You got to make music that makes you happy. But um, man, like to see how far they've come, especially now from like Young Bloods, which was their second album, their second full LP. Um, to everyone loves you once you leave them. You can you can see so much fucking progression, man. There's like there was four albums between those two, yeah. And so much has fucking happened in term and for that band, and 
they only have young bloods to thank for that man young blood still gets sampled today mm-hmm. you know that album still gets fucking raved on about today by so many fucking people yeah and um i think the reason why i hold chasing goats up higher is because i think it struck a real chord with me at the time going through a lot of my own mental issues and probably still now um i cannot skip a single song off um of chasing goats but um I definitely mean, lyrically Bloods, darker of an album oh 100 like, really leaning both. into that sad boy shit yeah 100 i i still think r.i.p bon yeah. open letter fucking mm-hmm. i heart hc yeah oh man perhaps blue ribbon on ice <laughs> oh fuck such a good like, title as well i love that one i I just like that fucking album. And honestly, mm-hmm. they did a fucking great cover of Born to Die. Yes, um, I love Lana that song. Too. That's such a fucking good It's song. perfect. I Almost like probably... she wrote it for them to cover. Yeah. That's so good. Man, fuck. I, yeah. Look, I don't want to talk too much about Chasing Goats because it's not what we're here for. But Youngblood's um, definitely... Um, such a great album not my favorite but fucking christ man if you can't remember the lyrics to young bloods <laughs> just just yeah. by hearing the fucking riff mm-hmm. even, like even after, doesn't matter how long you haven't heard it for but like as soon as it comes on you know every single word start to finish and the video yep. clip to go with it yeah i That's think good. i've seen them three times now and they mm-hmm. still crush it like every single time and like as you were saying before we like 100% with like the evolution thing and stuff but I think I'll always turn up to one of their shows yeah I will too as long as they play maybe one song from Misery and that's it <laughs> um, okay so uh, Misery or the one before that the uh, this would be heartbreak or this could be heartbreak. I would much fucking rather this could be heartbreak than oh, misery. I think you're alone there, man. Much rather that. I fucking hate misery so much. That album sucks to a point where I'm happy to go back and listen to it. Just remember what songs I fucking hated so I can shit on that album for a full 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> I would be so happy to do that. But um, I think what makes um, this could be heartbreak so fucking good is um, they tried to do a lot of things that they wouldn't have done in older releases. Mm-hmm. Like, I- I'm going to fucking argue that the, that the fucking solo and I bring the weather with me. Oh, that song is so fucking good, man. And even live, I still love that fucking song. I that, bring that the album, weather with me. That album, I, I totally agree that I'm probably the only one that would prefer this over Misery, but I would also argue that this was the last good new Amity Affliction album before we got um, Everyone Loves You. Mm. And I think you may need to go back. No, I definitely have. It's still far for me the weakest one like because Lana yeah. only really listens to their newer stuff. Yeah, but we can bully her about that as much as we want. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you know what? Fair enough. 
you know, I, I still hate all fucked up. I reckon that's a fucking terrible song. And yeah. um, oh my God, I'm missing you. Terrible mm. fucking song. But you know what? Those were the two songs that paved the way for fucking misery. And Jesus fucking Christ, can I skip misery? I don't even have it in my <laughs> in library, library on Apple. I don't at all. But you know what is what it is. I definitely know I'm not the only one who hated misery, but yeah, it's whatever. I I, I think that poor, that period for Amity Affliction was just so sad because I think "Let the Ocean Take Me" was like, eh. I think they got they put a lot more fans in with that album as well. It was a lot more sing along, a bit lighter, not lyrically but like sonically. I think yeah. they did pull a lot of like the maybe pop punk, someone that wasn't into your normal metalcore. I think they pulled a lot of those kind of people over. I'd say more post-hardcore than yeah. pop punk. I mean, fuck, I would still slam the head of any pop punk kid that wants to come to a fucking mm. metalcore show. Death's Hand comes on. Oh, don't, bro, don't. Because <laughs> I think the two times that I've seen uh, the Amity Affliction live, I think the first time I saw them, Aaron was still using a backing track, but he's you can tell his singing had gotten so much better because I was listening to um, live videos or watching live videos of them, and he was still using a backing track around um, Let the Ocean Take Me and shit like that. Mm. But I think the last time I saw them, Aaron's singing had gotten, I mean, obviously that good that they didn't have to have him using a backing track, but it actually sounded like he was taking it fucking seriously. Not, mm-hmm. not like he was just doing it because he needed to do it. Yeah. And now he's and doing now screams girls- live. Oh, bro. I can't His like little it. raspy goblin highs are so sick. And like, I got to see yeah. them live twice. And they just sounded so good in the music too. But I mean, like the fact that they weren't doing, um, they weren't letting him utilize those screams more. Especially on like earlier albums, um, kind of just not, doesn't rub me the wrong way, but it's like that's a fucking missed opportunity, dude. Yeah, because even, um, I'm pretty sure, and I'm trying to find it now before I get quoted on it. Um, mm-hmm. there was a D's Nuts song with Aaron Stringer in it, and he wasn't singing. And I know, and I know, fucking JP was like doing his own thing, but then it didn't sound like him for a bit, and it was Aaron screaming. Oh, I remember my friend trying to show it to me, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, what is that?" And he goes, "That's Aaron Stringer," and we kind of like looked at each other like wide-eyed, like, "What the uh, fuck, like, dude? Why aren't they letting him just take Joel's spot?" <laughs> Because he was so good, even back then. As a R and affliction. <laughs> and now he's just become a fucking walking meme page. I don't, I don't follow him because I know I would just abuse his fucking page so bad. <laughs> what a fucking guy. Um, next album. Uh, exactly the same thing that happened with Stand Up and Scream for me. I heard this one. It didn't come off for, I want to say, an entire year. Holy shit. Okay. Um, one of my, I want to say, top three favorite albums all time. 
we have our lost forever lost together by architects yeah and how much we shit on architects now this album is fucking monumental it is perfect incredible incredible album man no seriously fuck man if there's any album that as soon as i think metalcore lost together lost forever Mm -hmm. there there cannot be a better album for metalcore Honestly, like Christ. even the two bonus tracks as well, like the Shadow of Down and Untitled, and they're like the last two songs on the normal album, Youth is Wasted on Their Own and The Distant Blue, fucking rip as well. Like it's so moody, this album, and it does so many different things. Like it mellows yeah. right out. You get Sam almost singing, they get in their friend. Um, I can't remember his name from the excerpts to do singing on, I think it's Colony Collapse. Um, but yeah, then fucking Rippers like Grave Digger and Broken Cross. Then you get like the sort of like interlude track with Red Hypergiant and then fucking kicks you straight in the dick with Cancer. Mm. Yeah. I want to see them open a set with Red Hypergiant into Cancer. Like whenever I've made like my playlist for like what I want an architect set to be, it starts like that every time. Yeah. And got my favorite architect song of all time, uh, Naysayer. Yep. I totally fucking agree with that, man. Like, can we actually, you know what? Can we say that album is just unskippable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's for me. From start to fucking finish, that that album is unskippable. Yeah. 100%. Without a shadow of a doubt, this fucking (laughs) album. Is so good. Yeah. Like even, like, even today. Yeah. If there, there is not a single fucking song that I can be like, yep, fuck that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of those albums you can just, if there's anything you kind of want it, like you're going on a road trip, you're thinking, you just need, I need something solid. I don't need to skip or put something else on. It's this one. 100%. Yeah. LFLT. What was your first exposure to this album? It was, I saw an article of some magazine had titled this their album of the year or like their metalcore album of the year or something like that. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, obviously it must be good if it's receiving this. And I put it on and I think, yeah, because it came out 2015. I don't know if I found it until like the very start of 2016. Like we were going to uni. I remember every time like you'd get in my car, it was this fucking album. This and Ocean Grove with the Rhapsody yeah. tapes. It was like these two back and forth for so long. Um, like more like in the last few years, I haven't listened to this one as much. I haven't really listened to Architects as much, but whenever I do put it on, it's like, oh, that's right. It's that good. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Naysay is still my favorite song of theirs of all time, but two of my other favorite tracks on the album would be The Devil Is Near and Dead Man Talking. Um, tracks four and five, I they're so heavy. And like the line, I think it's in Dead Man Talking. I'm going to pull up the lyrics now. Yeah. Um, I, you try to stamp them out, you'll, you'll only fan the flames. This is for the snakes. Fuck you. So hold your forked tongues. You've got a splitting, spitting nails. I'm going to say a straight fuck you. And then the breakdown hits. Mm. So good. Dead man talking. Oh. 
such a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. And so many good lines through this as well. Like the one that stands out to me, it comes from Naysayer. I think it is. It's like, um, the blind lead the blind, so we bomb for peace. Every time. Oh. Man, fuck. And um, I'm pretty sure it was Grave Digger on Guitar Hero Live. I didn't have that one. Dude, man, like uh, that, I, I swear to God, that song was built for the new Guitar Hero game. <laughs> like that thing fucked so hard. And if you guys haven't seen it either, they've got a um, live video up from their set in Summer Blast in 2015. They come out with Broken Cross and the whole thing just fucking rips. Just like nothing. And then just, God only knows what we will buy to bad. The fuck? Oh. And the pinnacle of the Blair. That's not oh, forget man. how fucking big that was. That was monumental. Monumental, still to this day, gets moved yeah. to the shit up. Yeah, Sam absolutely hates it, regrets it, wishes it never happened. But oh, I'm so happy it did. Oh, 100%. Have you got 100%. any um standout tracks for you? I want to say like a Castle in the Air as well and Colony Collapse, like they're a bit more melodic, they've got the big choruses in there. Honestly, it's probably. Track four, yeah. sorry, not track four, from track one to four are the best songs. And then from there, it doesn't really waver in quality, but it just um, didn't really um, have reached those same heights. I think it's the right way to put it. Again, not, like, not that it's like a fucking bad album or anything, but, um, you know. Yeah. Sorry, not that it's a bunch of bad songs, but I would argue that they've got to be the better ones on mm-hmm. offer. Yeah. And um, again, considering that album is so fucking good, it's it's honestly hard to pick favorites. I couldn't really pick a favorite. Yeah, like looking at their progression from Daybreaker into this as well, that everything was tightened up. Sam just sounds incredible on the record. They really... um hit the nail on the head. I remember what they've got a, um, like a documentary for the recording of this album as well. And they've like, were saying like they've released one, two, three, four, five albums before getting to this point. And they were starting to get to the point where like, well, if this one kind of doesn't take off, we're kind of done because they yeah. weren't really making any money. They all still lived at home and it was kind of getting to the point where it needs to be this or get a job. And then now yeah. look at them. Yeah, well, I mean, in I think was it the Here and Now was their worst received album, and that was yeah. probably I think that was because of the the direction that they kind of went in that album. So I think that was more the producer than the band because the band didn't want to do that. Yeah, then they went the, to Daybreaker. Yeah, and like Day- Daybreaker is like a good album. Yeah, I still go to like Bitter I, and Alpha Omega. These colors, oh, even if you win, you're still a rat. And and it's really funny that you bring that up where they they weren't really gaining that traction because that album was so fucking good, Mm -hmm. you know. Man, yeah, shit. Um, yeah, that's probably the first four songs, and then the rest of the album is just just solid from there. Honestly, 
Yeah, and you haven't had the chance to see them live yet. I did um on their All Their Gods tour, and they fucking crushed it despite being in such a shitty venue. Um, fuck yeah. you, Woolly Mammoth. I'd never want to go back. <laughs> well, it's not even oh, no. Woolly Mammoth anymore, No, it was it? Max Watts. Yeah, Max fucking Watts. I was going to say, dude, fucking yeah. Woolly Mammoth would have been way better than Max fucking Watts. No, I just remember which... Woolly Mammoth for being like, I fucking felt like I was covered in a Woolly Mammoth. It was so hot. Yeah, ter- terrible fucking venue that, that Max Watts. This is where I saw Periphery. Yeah. And and the Dillinger Escape Plan. The Dillinger mm. Escape Plan was the very was the very last concert played at Max Watts in Brisbane. Such an odd absolute, venue. Uh, it, it it's layered. How does it make sense it being layered? No, we'll see. Even the thing with it is they were looking for shit to climb on the entire fucking time. They couldn't climb up anything. Yeah. So all, so what they ended up just doing for most of the show was just fucking. Stage dive, dude. I, th- I think Ben fucking was in the crowd for 40 minutes out of 90. Jesus, and fucking, I remember Greg Pucciato, um, had fucking crowd surfed his way, um, to like the side, the right side of the um, of the pit. Mm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Where there's like that bit of um, um, railing, and he's like, "Man, I've seen you singing all these fucking songs. Like you, like come over, like I'm coming over." They sung, <laughs> um, they sung like the bridge for "Sunshine" the fucking werewolf, mm-hmm. and then he's then Greg's just throwing straight into the fucking crowd, and then he's coming with a fucking dropped elbow straight oh, over the top of him. Jesus, oh man, dude, if that's my last. If that's the last thing I did at fucking Max Watts. I am so grateful for it. <laughs> fuck that fucking venue. I yeah. hope it even now I hope it burns to the fucking ground. <laughs> anyway, it's not architects. Um, yeah, have you got anything else you want to say? <laughs> not really. Okay. Great album, top yeah. three metalcore. Um, you're a fuckhead if you say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Quite personally. Next up we have an Aussie band I didn't find until we went and saw Parkway. At Live It Up Fest, we have In Hearts Wake and the album Divination. So, the album Dude. came out in 2012. We didn't see it till 2014. Yep. Yes, that's when yep. I found them. I'd never heard of them. I think you knew of them at the time. You're like, yo, these guys fuck. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I, th- I think they were getting ready to drop Earthwalker. Yeah. And, um, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, Earthwalker was 2014. Yep. Yeah, so I think they were getting ready to drop Earthwalker. Oh, they already dropped it at that point. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was like playing like maybe two or three songs off there because it was such a fresh release. Yeah, and they didn't and have like, very long. And bro, like they fucking their live stage presence is mm. absolutely fucking incredible. But to get away from Earthwalker, Divination has to be one of one of the best like debut albums. Mm-hmm. In, and we're just like, one of the best Australian metalcore albums. Dude, that thing was unrelenting, man. Mm-hmm. And they were unapologetically heavy as well as being super fucking melodic all at the same time. Yeah, and just so tired. It's like, band... especially like not being in like, you know, sometimes you like, they've been touring in other bands or whatever, smaller bands here and there, so they have experience. But no, that was like, this was their band. Oh, and they came man. out with this and like so heavy at times, but then just so soft 
Um, yep. not really what they they kind of more took on an earthwalker, but oh, and the fucking like the the thing behind it as well with the tarot cards is so good as well. Yeah. Um, they've got a few kind of documentaries out on YouTube. You can go and watch. They're all fantastic to watch as well. Um, definitely re- uh, recommend it. And I, the fucking every time they play the unknown man and the wall of death. <laughs> the one that you tripped over for and just let everyone topple in on top of each other. Yep. That was fucking great. I think that'll Honestly. be my all time memory of singing Heart's Wake. <laughs> Bro, my my all time memory is um Ken's and I went and saw them at Soul Bar with mm. a mate of mine. Yep. And I think that was for Ark? Yeah, it would have been Ark. And um, again, the venue, the show took lots of fucking acid. We did a meet and greet as well. Yeah. I've still got the Polar, uh, Mackenzie's got the Polaroid um, signed by the band. And oh, everything. that's so like, good. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got the Polaroid somewhere, but I've still got the lanyard. I've got the fucking tour poster. Um, and and that was, that's got to be one of the best shows I've seen from them. I've seen them um, three times at least, I think. And uh, that, I think I've seen them three times. We're doing the whole, they're doing the whole like um, crowd surf in the boat. They'll put yeah. someone in the fucking boat. I think it's Jake, and he'll fucking yeah. row through the fucking crowd and he has to get to the back of the venue and, and then, then come back. back yeah, it's fucking rough. Oh man, it was so good. Yeah, when I saw them play the yeah. helm, it was like one of the most brutal pits I've seen, especially for like a, a band that isn't like deathcore heavy. Yeah. Like, oh, the pit was relentless. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking doubt that. Any, like, I reckon any like heavy band that went to the helm, the crowd made the <laughs> just fucking most the fuck of it. up. Yeah, all the I'm helm gremlins spewing. are there. I'm still fucking spewing that you got to just have a beer with Evan. Yeah, man. Day. He walk. I walk past him. He like walked past a couple of times, and he's like song. I'm like, mate, can I get a photo? Yeah, sure, mate. He just sat there for a little bit with his beer, and just had a chat before he got rid of the mustache. It's, yeah, I think I've still got that photo on my Instagram somewhere. Fucking cunt. I can't believe you got rid of that mustache. Mm-hmm. And like for Fuck, a first That was his only well, like redeeming. Oh, dude. To pull the features they did. Like obviously yeah. the two heavy ones with Winston and Adrian. Yep. And then you've also got Garrett Rapp and um, Chad. Really? You know what? I would actually argue that Inertia is probably one of the better songs on that album. Mm-hmm. I, I love, love the that way that song. I love the way Kyle and fucking Garrett just exchange lines with each other yeah. and they both complement each other so fucking well. Yeah, I was going to say that one, uh, the tra- uh, Traveler and then Survival. Survival is an all-time classic for them and I hope they never stop playing it. Damn, okay. And the video clip for it's sick as well. Because I mean, I've generally always got four because I can't ever pick three, and three is an odd number. <laughs> fucking weird. Um, but I would probably go um, Traveler, Departure, Inertia, oh. and then um, Shapeless. Yeah, huge as well. Like Man, all the songs fuck. rip as well, start to finish. Yeah, so it oh, is kind of hard to pick, but that it is. It really fucking is. And I mean, I think we could blow up their fucking ass the whole time, but. Um, damn! Like this was such a fucking good debut, man. Yeah, I, I just think... can't. 
process like this was their first album no ep nothing yeah like this was it and they deserved all the fucking hype they got from day dot yes 100 and i mean i think this is the period where they need to figure out mm-hmm. what it is that they actually want to do because i i'd you still haven't listened to kelly yugi hey <sighs> no I didn't really get it. Right. Yeah, I think look, they more they, not more or less they, them. I feel yeah. like this would be better than Ark, but it was this sort of style of metalcore I was just not vibing with at the time, and I just it didn't matter if it was the fucking best album they ever released. I probably still wouldn't have liked it, and that I think is more of the reason yeah, why but, I didn't put it on. And it's not the best album they've, no. they've ever released. It couldn't even come close. But I think what they're trying, I don't know, this is just what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they're trying to step away from metalcore and go into a more hard rocky type Mm -hmm. sound. I don't know if that's to try and be more accommodating or anything like that, which, I mean, it sounds fucking stupid when you go back to their discog, like through their back catalog and you you start at Divination and then even Earthwalker, Skydancer, not so much. But the first two albums that they fucking dropped, so heavy and they mm-hmm. didn't give a fuck about it either they were just balls to the fucking wall and if they fucking popped mate that's on you sorry about it bud but like you get yourself some new testicles yeah. and you come back <laughs> we'll still be here oh dude the, yeah man one of the most crushing debuts period yeah, and they fucking worked their asses off off the back of it as well, touring nonstop, especially through Australia. So many regional shows. You know what? And credit where credit's due, outside of music, they do so much as well mm-hmm. for, the, for the environment. I'm pretty sure they've got a lot of different um, uh, incentives and organizations that they yep. endorse and that they're a part of. And I'm pretty sure they've got their own yeah, they set do. up. Um, and I had uh, their hemp shirt. Mm-hmm. And I fucking I wore that thing to death, bro, to fucking mm-hmm. death. Um, and the proceeds from that shirt went to their organization, which pretty much was just essentially cleaning up the fucking planet, yeah. planting trees wherever they could, and doing beach um, walks and that. Yeah, mate, I am so happy to support them in that sense. But now, in terms of their music, I'd be happier just to let them fucking rot in the bin. <laughs> Which is which is sad. Yeah, very sad. Considering how much but, we loved them as well, like I remember playing them so oh, much and just constantly no. talking about them. I think like my family just got sick of hearing their names and like making them watch videos and stuff. Like, mom, mom, look at this. Yeah, it's man, a new and hard to wake um, song. <laughs> yeah, me and me and um, Caleb were the same, bro. We kind of just he got he gets his music taste from me. I mean, thanks fuck. At mm. least he got something good from me. Um, and we would just vibe in Hearts Wake together. We'd do zombie sessions, literally just going through um, Divination, uh, Singularity by North Lane. We went through fucking Chasing Goats and do Parkway. He'd, he'd put on The Ghost Inside and I'd put on Corn. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, we would fucking vibe, bro. And it was always Divination and sometimes Earthwalker. That would really be the ones yeah. that we fucking would be like, yeah. In Hearts Wakes the shit, dude. Um, and now that you've just mentioned it, uh, I think our final one we want to kind of bring up, the most recent one, it is Singularity by North Lane. Um, my first introduction was this album and Quantum Flux. 
Yeah, bring it was back time. Adrian. Because <laughs> it was around um, the time we were getting ready to go to um, live it up. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Amity and North Lane the year before. Yeah, and, and we didn't even um, know about this festival. No, we didn't. It wasn't until um, you were going, and it was like, well, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. like I'll I'll come with, and then I backtracked. Because I was kind of going through the, that year's lineup, and then backtracked to the last year, and I'm like, "Dude, Amity was there. Who's this Northlane band?" And obviously, Googled it. The first thing that popped up was Quantum Flux, mm. and fucking Christ, yeah, <laughs> oh shit, man. Oh my god, man! Fucking hell! To what this day, fucking to this song, day, man. Dude, fucking hell! And what a way to open the album as well with Genesis and Scarab. Oh my god, you you can't listen to Genesis without listening to Scarab. Mm -hmm. And if you see Scarab coming up and you're up next, you have to put Genesis in front of them (laughs) every single time. You have to. You can't listen to either of those songs without each other. Yeah, Dream Awake as well. (laughs) Again, another unskippable album. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is just nothing that they can... There was nothing that they could do wrong on that album, honestly. And even um, Singularity coming from um, Discoveries, oh. where they kind of had that spoken word interlude mm-hmm. type thing, but it was a, its own full song. Oh, man. I would argue that Discoveries is better than Singularity, but Singularity was such yeah. a fucking good... I think I'm like, on the same page. Not, not even like a mood setter, but it was like, damn, man. Like it kind of definitely had more a little to it. Bit. Yeah. Man, oh, fuck. What a, I, I just, I'm speechless just talking about this fucking yeah, album. Yeah, like those two albums, especially. Uh, then you got like fucking ass rippers in Windbreaker and World Eater. Masquerade too mm-hmm. with Drew York. Yeah. Oh. That was my first exposure to him as a vocalist and didn't really like him, but holy fuck, in, in leading up into that breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Master Rabe, Yeah. You're just a two-faced piece of shit. Oh, so man. good. Uh, I wish we got to see this North Lane before they changed. Oh, my God. I still haven't seen North Lane. And... I- yeah, see, I was going to see their own tour and then I saw them at Good Things anyway and like I was a bit hesitant. They were like one of the first bands in the day and they didn't clash. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go. I took mum to see them and honestly, they still ripped. Like they were really tight live. They sounded good. Marcus screams are getting better. Yeah, um, I'd probably I didn't have anything bad is... to say. Yeah. But like, I mean, they still crush it, right? Yeah. Like that's all you really want at the end of the yeah. day. And they still played um, a few of the older songs. Well, they have to, man. Mm. They have to. I still don't like Marcus's rendition of Quantum Flux. No. I would probably still argue the orig- like how it's supposed to be is the best version of that. Especially coming in like that last chorus, verse, whatever, and he's just high-pitched singing it. Mm-hmm. Bro, just fucking scream it, dude. Yeah. Just scream it. And he can't even hit the same low growls that Adrian could as well. No, for so, such a little man, his mm, lows are devastating. But this Adrian was such a fucking good and vocalist. so well enunciated. 
that it just rips through. Like, sure, fucking dudes sound like toilet bowls guttering around, but Mm -hmm. I would say this is heavier. Mm -hmm. This is lower because you can hear everything. It's fucking crisp. It rattles. It's fucking the perfect low. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Fuck, that's honestly got to be... Quantum Flux is probably still one of my favorite songs ever. Mm -hmm. That fucking... Oh, how just chunky that (laughs) fucking riff is. And that song honestly doesn't let up. That album doesn't let up. No. Man, there really is something in the water here, hey. Yeah, everyone says it. There really fucking is, dude. Like, I don't understand. And it's across all genres in Mm -hmm. metal. Metal. You know, deathcore, death metal, metalcore. Post-hardcore, I haven't seen a lot of, but even our pop-punk band's fucking crushing. Yeah. And obviously not on the same scale as what Amity is. And let's just say is like probably what one of the not as heavy bands that we've mentioned. But man, like we've just got something going on mm. and it's fucking fierce. Yeah. And again, I want to say like it is, I think, more due to the fact of how well Amity and Parkway kind of carved their way through in the earlier days. Yeah. You know what, though? Um, I will argue for as much as I don't like Marcus as a vocalist, I appreciate how much bigger Northlane has gotten mm-hmm. since since he joined the band. I, as much as I'm stuck in the past about it, um, man, I've got to give the biggest raps to them because Node was such a game changer for them. Yeah. And in hindsight, Node's not a bad album. No, but Rot it's still everything. Fucks. Oh my god, they weren't kidding when they said it was going to be one of the heaviest songs that they'd put out mm-hmm. lyrically. I'd probably argue that point and and come towards the end of that um, song. Yeah, one hundred percent. But the single version is oh, the best version. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that the album version's better, go and put your fucking head in the toilet mm-hmm. bowl for about three flushes, please. <laughs> I don't, I need you to go and flush the shit out of your head and come back and come speak to me once you're done. Because, man, yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, I think. <sighs> I think you should see them as well. Like they've obviously upped their um, stage performance. Like they've got new lights and stuff now. Their light show seems pretty sick. I think they uploaded their set from the Roundhouse at Sydney University, and that looks fucking sick. I think I watched one of them for it. I've seen a couple of like like the single, single clips. videos yep. that they've done that they put up, and that's kind of I think it was the one that they did at Unify. I think Unify put up the Quantum Flux with Marcus and that was kind of where I was like I do not want to see these fucking guys live at all ever Uh, I'm sure I'll cave at some point and go and see them because they'll they'll probably bring some good support acts over that'll make me want to go and see Northlane reluctantly Um, but man if they can kind of like come back through to the glory days Maybe play, I mean, they're obviously going to play Quantum Flux until people just stop wanting it. But even if they can just come back to Singularity for a moment and even just open up for once with Genesis and Scarab Mm -hmm. and then close with Quantum Flux, I'd be happy with that. I would be so happy with that. But 
you know, it's one of those things where you just got to fucking suck it up, um, appreciate where the band is at now and just go and give them a pat on the back for their success. Because at the end of the fucking day, they're helping put Australian metalcore on the fucking map, mm-hmm. and especially especially now too. I mean, even more than ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, like the likes of them and Polaris and that really fucking booming, especially over in Europe and now Alpha Wolf as well. Oh my God. Can, did you watch the full thing of Alpha Wolf? No, I couldn't before we started this. I got maybe 15 oh, minutes and they're still in China. Dude, that... I was so happy watching that. I'm going to go maybe watch it again tomorrow. Yeah. To be honest, it's so fucking good. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll speak to you more about it when you finish it. Yeah. Because I can't no, It's I can't really good get so how, far. Yeah, man. Do you think it's kind of weird how Lockie speaks like he's been in the band for years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably at this point, he's been hanging around the band for yeah. long enough and maybe call himself like a full member before Aiden was even kicked out. But um, just sounds really funny how he's like kind of talking like he's been in the band for a lot longer than what he has. Mm. Not mm. that it's like a bad thing, but it's just like, ah, you make me laugh. Fucking little Adlai. <laughs> <laughs> But it makes me want to wear bucket hats again. So nah. that's the one thing I can't stand. <laughs> the full like Adidas tracksuits and Nike TNs, man. Man, fuck. I don't even know. Corn did that ages that. ago, guys. It's it's dead now. Yeah, man. But you know what? I'd happily love to fucking bring back the Eshe fucking metal metal <laughs> shit. Then like the Eshe metal. Going- yeah, bro. Then we're going back to the fucking good old days. Going back to the good old days of heavy metal. <laughs> fucking yeehaw, brother. Yeah, we say the good old days of heavy metal as 23-year-olds nearly. Like, yes. <laughs> A couple of months between there. Back in my day. Uh, fucking hell. What a piece of shit. Yeah, we're, we suck. Oh, fuck yeah. But you know what doesn't suck? Uh, our taste in music. No. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add about Singularity? Not really. Like, I think personally, Discoveries is my go-to for them, but this one was mental. I just remember how big Quantum Flux was at the time as well. Like, everyone in the music scene over here was listening to it. Like, oh, it's a shame Adrian didn't stay around. I would, I would like to see what maybe one more album would have done because I'm pretty sure... Quote me if I'm wrong, but they were pretty much already writing Node before Marcus joined. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of were already seeing them kind of go for that sound anyway, but I would have liked to have seen how it would have turned out if Adrian was still the vocalist. Mm-hmm. Even, um, especially now considering how big dual vocalists have become. Mm-hmm. Fuck. If Marcus, I mean, obviously Marcus can scream, but if they had Adrian doing most of the scream, maybe have Marcus yeah. come through, do some like backup clean, like backup screams, do mostly cleans. So happy with that. But again, um, maybe do? for fan, maybe for fantasy band or something. I don't fucking know. Mm, which we'll be doing next week, guys. Oh, yeah. I've got my band down. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I still haven't really thought about mine, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be doing that one next week. And then, we, again, we'll be holding out that uh, Celestial album until the week after 
we'll be having Wolf King come out on Friday the 5th of February, which I know I am so excited for. Um, did you end up listening to the uh, audio tree I sent you or the um, the live show from Brooklyn? It kind of just went to background noise. Mm. Um, I'll probably sit down and give it a proper listen at some point over the weekend. But yeah, it kind of just fell <laughs> to background noise for me. I'd suggest though, instead of putting on the album, do put on either the audio tree or the live set from the uh, Rivers show. Yeah. Because they sound yeah, just as good as they do on recording as they do live. Well, hopefully they sound better live because their recording sounds like fucking shit. Mm. Hey, you'll be you'll be into it soon, mate. You're falling already. Oh, I know. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> I you hate it so me and fucking retract yeah. all those statements he made about death metal and black metal. Oh, my God. It's mostly just black metal that yeah. I didn't like. Death metal, I can get around. It's just black metal. But here we are. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's for, that's for another episode of the Heavy Boys podcast. Shameless little plug, 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 <laughs> plug. Um, but before we kick it and rip it, um, I just want to say thanks for listening, guys, across the board, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Um get in conversation with us. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. we're starting to get more active on Instagram and um, hopefully at some point um, Bailey can get a webcam so we can get YouTube going (laughs) and start getting a comment section on YouTube um, going. Cause quite personally, I, I think um, that's where a lot of engagement happens. Yeah. And YouTube, YouTube music nerds are some of the funniest cunts on planet earth. Um, so, I mean, all, all in, all in the future, that'll be something to look forward to, but, um, you can find us Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anything that has a podcast attached to it. You can listen to us there. Uh, you'll be able to find us on Instagram. Our, our account for this is, uh, the HB podcast. You'll find that username linked below as long as, as well as Bailey's and my own personal ones. If you don't want to talk to us as a group, you can talk to us individually. I wouldn't want to talk to me either, so it's fine. Um, mate. Um, no, yeah, definitely come know. down to the Instagram thing. Like, fucking let's start a little community. Reply to our yes. stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. Please, boy, boy. Just so it's not Brody and I messaging each other. It is so um, weird, though, <laughs> like, because we both have access to the account, it's, like, linked. If I... If he messaged me from the account, like to my private one, and I message back, I like send it and then I get the notification that I've messaged myself and it's so weird. Like I'm still not used to it even now. <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh every time. <laughs> I really do because I kind of forget that I've got like three accounts. It's the same when I send stuff to coach. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. God. I even send stuff to myself on there. Like um, I went through prosthetic records uh, some of the mm-hmm. reasons they were coming up but they had like teasers then I'm like oh, I'll send these to myself later and I'll check them out later so I don't forget it was just fucking weird <laughs> but I, because we, I now spend a lot more time on Heavy Boys Insta page I kind of just unfollowed everything music wise anything that wasn't ones. yeah anything that had nothing to do with like people I want to follow like personal friends and shit like that and meme pages 
um, everything musical and anything else kind of just went to heavy boys, which is fucking sick because then I can binge on all the bullshit that I need to. <laughs> like in one which place, is great. yeah. And speaking of shit you can binge on, why don't you binge the rest of our podcasts? Yeah. We have a wide range of things. We've got the Moot Boys podcast and we've got Rest the Heavy Boys peace. podcast. So, mate, we will resurrect it again. Don't you fucking worry. I'll push for it. I'll, I'll, I'll get Mr. J Berg in. I know Cooper would be more than happy to do it. It's just, we'll, we'll get it tap. We'll get it happening. Mm-hmm. We will get it happening. But that's all, that's all from me. I don't even think we introduced ourselves. I could be Bailey for all you fucking know. He's not Bailey. <laughs> I'm big fuckhead. And that's been a little fuckhead. Medium-sized fuckhead. Mild fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, I've got to be the spiciest big fuckhead in the world. But I'm, I'm definitely Brody, and that's more than likely definitely Bailey. Yeah. Go fucking listen and, um, to some black metal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sacrifice a goat, and we'll catch you all in the next one. Yeah, we've got, we got some good stuff coming up. Um, make sure you tune in. Please come down to the uh, Instagram page. Uh, give it a follow. Let us know what you're listening to because we're definitely going to miss stuff I know as well. So let us know what's coming out. We're trying to stay on top of it, but there's just too much rad stuff coming out. Always. So thank you very much for listening. We hope to see you next time. Go listen to our other podcast. We've had some great chats, especially our end of year one. Um, if you kind of want a summary of what happened last year, that's the way to go. Yeah. Yep, I'd give that a fucking big old plug. It's a fucking big boy episode too. So if you've got somewhere to go, somewhere to be, that's your that's your go to. Fucking oath, my dudes.